carry out a random act of kindness with no expectation of reward, safe in the knowledge that one day someone might do the same for you. That is a quote by Princess Diana. Welcome to Trina Talk. This is the podcast where guests share their stories of pursuing their passions, living a fulfilled life, and empowering others. Each week, I talk with inspiring leaders, business owners, and people with amazing stories from around the world in unscripted conversations as they share their successes and failures. This podcast is all about empowering you to keep striving in your personal and professional life. I am your host, Trina L. Martin. Welcome to episode 134. I am so excited to announce that I am an author, a two-time author, and my latest book, I am a co-author on the collaboration titled Make It Happen. Me and 29 other authors share our stories of how we have overcome to make it happen in our lives. And I would like to invite you, if you haven't already gotten your copy, to go and purchase your copy through this link. It's https forward slash forward slash bit dot lee forward slash three three H capital G nine capital T capital W. Now on with this week's episode. The topic of this week's episode is we are kindness billionaires. My guest this week is Stephen Brooks. For over 35 years, Stephen has been immersed in all things retail. His career has taken him to 57 different countries, working with retailers, landlords, e-commerce, and retail-affiliated businesses, big and small. Stephen is an author, speaker, and TV commentator for the TD Ameritrade Network. Stephen is passionate about the future of retail and works with his clients to navigate through the complex issues that they face in the ever-changing consumer-driven world. Hi, Steve. Welcome to Trina Talk. Thank you so much, Trina, for having me on. I'm so thrilled to be here. I am happy to uh, speak with you, and your expertise is something that I'm very interested in. Um, Tell the listeners where you're calling from. Where, where, Where are you at today? Well, I'm actually in Chicago. Oh, that's my um, hometown. I've, I've lived here. I've lived here for a few years. Originally, I'm from I'm from London, as you can probably tell from my accent. Um, and uh, I love it here. Absolutely love it here. Great. Yeah, I was born and raised in Chicago, so that's my hometown. Been the London. Right. Been the London many times. Actually, my good friend, because I'm here in Houston, Texas, she um, just moved here from London like five years ago. So we're good friends. Um, Excellent. Yeah, I love it. But before we get started, how I like to start the show is tell the listeners um, a quick version of you and how you became to be the you that you are today. That's a really interesting question. Um, it's been it's been a, a an amazing journey. Um, uh, I I grew up in North London. Um, uh, I'm a I'm the middle child of three boys. My father was a bus driver. My mother worked in a sweet factory. Um, like a lot of entrepreneurs, I guess I didn't enjoy school. 
Um, I was I was bullied as well, um, which didn't really help for a long, long time. I found it really difficult to make friends, and 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 um, and so as I worked my way through the educational system, you know, there was a lot of pressure for us to, um, you know, to to be the best that we could be. And I I delighted my parents by uh, getting a a job in a bank, and I don't know how I I. I, I do well at interviews, maybe I don't know, but um, and I absolutely hated it. I I, I just knew this was never going to be something I wanted to do. And uh, six months in, um, I asked my um, asked my parents if I could leave, and and the condition was that I could leave if I found another job. Bear in mind, I was only sixteen. I didn't go to college or anything like that. And so um, the, uh, you know, the pressure was on to find another job. And a friend of mine had a job in an insurance company and said, you know, I can get you a job here if it's that bad. So I went to work for an insurance company and I hated it. Mm. Uh, again, you know, the the day to day, you know, sitting in, in behind a desk um, just again, it, it just wasn't fulfilling me. And And I was only saying yesterday that, you know, the, the thing I've learned more about in my life is that if you don't get joy out of doing something, stop doing it, mm. you know, because that's so, so important. And so I, I, I found myself into working for a retailer um, of, of great repute called F.W. Woolworth that actually started here in the U.S., mm-hmm. if, if you remember them. Yeah. And, I, and, and, and that was how I got bitten by the retail bug. Mm. And so um, I, I've worked under some amazing people. I, I got into the management training scheme. I worked into worked with some amazing people who who really grounded me in retail and the and the things that I learned from them and the values that they instilled into me about retail are as relevant today as they were when I was you know at, at that time eighteen. And so. Um, I, I, I worked through that, and then I, I was fortunate enough to to move into a into a sales role that was kind of connected into retail, and then and then found myself um, uh, in a business that, after six months of being in it, um, the, the the person that had employed me said that he he was going to go back to Scotland, which is where he came from, and um, would I like to buy the company? And there was only three of us, and. You know, I was uh, I, I I sold everything that I had and and I bought the company off of him and that's how I got into pop up retailing, and uh, and that's been my career ever since um, through building and selling companies that still operate today in in Europe um, in in that space to the creation of the pop up retail expert a number of years ago that works with with mall owners and with startups and with existing businesses in the retail space. Um, to help them uh, grow in in retail, or to um, you know move over inventory stock, or to just be better at what they do in a, in a retail environment, and I absolutely love it every day. Wow, you know that's interesting. Um, and when I saw um, what you did, your expertise, I was fascinated with the pop up retail because it's been something that I've been seeing. That I'm like pop-up retail, what, you know, what exactly is that? Because I hadn't um, really experienced that. And, you know, so correct me if I'm wrong. So like I go to a mall and there's a store that's not normally in that mall that will, um, that will show up and have a space there for 
a Correct. limited period of time, whatever that may be. Yeah. Um, so that was a concept that I was like, hmm, that's very interesting because I have seen some of the big names um, do that. So, for instance, um, oh, my goodness, what's the, the jury lady's name? Um, I want to say Kate Spade, but it's not her. It's... Um, Kate Spade have done have done pop ups. Levi's have done pop ups. She has done, but the other lady, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, there's so the, um, the actually there is nothing new about pop ups, mm-hmm. right? They they go back to the beginning of time. Okay, believe it or not. So we just used it. to call we used to call them markets and soups ah, and bazaars. Yes. And if you think right, that's where retail is actually rooted, right? Yes. So pop up was actually the first ever kind of retail there was. Um, and, and you're right, you know, what's happened is it's evolved and and pop-up retailing is now um, just doesn't work for retail. It works for services, mm-hmm. businesses, and it works for motor dealers and, and all sorts of things. But it's short-term retailing um, uh, uh, in either what's called an inline store, so that normal kind of store space that you're seeing a mall, um, or on the common areas, you know, the walkways mm-hmm. where you have what the thing, either kiosks or ret- what are called retail merchandise units. So those kind of, you know, funny looking things that people try and try and work from Um, or, or of course, space. And so um, it's it's always been considered uh, a a kind of quick route into retail for people. But as time's gone on, big brands have have really got into it. You know, even even Tiffany's, Adidas, Nike, um, Microsoft um, all do all do pop ups in, in, in one form or another. And what's happened with the pandemic, of course, with with the with the with the real destruction of of certain aspects of retailing, um, is that pop up is is now right front and center mm-hmm. of a lot of of retail strategies. A because you know they've realised that maybe we don't need as many stores as we do, but we can go to places when it's our peak time, you know, holiday seasons and and, and things, as you know. For a lot of people, um, but also for for people now to test before they invest. Mm. So using that pop up format to go, you know, do I really want to be in a mall in Valparaiso? Mm. People, people, you'll, you'll know Valparaiso. Yeah. Other people, uh, hopefully, can look that one up. <laughs> but um, uh, and and w- and will it work? So we can try a pop up shop there. So it's and right now, right now there is there is so much buzz around it. Um, uh, uh, I'm, I'm getting lots of inquiries to you know to talk about it. I, I do some television work for the the TD Ameritrade Network, um, and and it's front and center of retail strategy right now, which is for me is is really exciting, mm-hmm. um, and and for consumers will be exciting as well because whether whether you go into a mall in in San Francisco or Houston or Chicago or New York, they all more or less look the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same retailers, you know, possibly very similar looking architecture in, in, in a lot of ways. And so um, landlords are realizing that actually um, incubating local retailing, incubating local retailers just makes them all far more exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it shows that it's it's far more in touch with the community, mm-hmm. and so you know, locals becoming locals for me is becoming the new global. Mm-hmm. 
you know. So, um, and, and when you get people like American Express, you know, shop local and getting behind right. uh, 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 initiatives like that, then uh, you know, I think I think I just think that's good for retail. You know, I'm glad you said that because that was going to be my my next question. Is but I want to go back. So pre pandemic, yeah, what would be the benefit of someone like a Tiffany? doing a pop-up because we know Tiffany has the beautiful elaborate stores in the mall. Mm. So what would make them do, I understand why they would do it now, but what would make them pre pandemic want to do a pop-up? Yeah. Good question. For, for brands like that, it's about brand awareness okay. and, 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 and very much just keeping them, uh, you know, keeping them in, in their consumer's eyes. Now, um, it, it could be that a brand is launching. I mean, if you take Nike, for instance, maybe they're launching a particular new sneaker or maybe Tiffany, you know, is, is, is launching a new range of, of bracelets. So it, it's just using that experiential experience to for, for brand awareness. Um, and obviously, you know, there's there's the PR that goes with that um, and so on. So primarily big brands that's why they do it Mm -hmm. um although you're seeing people like you know levi's Mm -hmm. um doing pop-up shops uh um really as a a way of moving inventory but but also as a way of testing environments as well so and i just thought of this so in your um research and your marketing and you doing all of this someone like a tiffany which we know is an exclusive brand Not everyone is going to mm-hmm. shop at Tiffany. Are you sure. finding that they're doing pop-ups like that so that they can maybe get more of the people who wouldn't normally walk into their doors that may be intimidated to walk into their doors that maybe just walk in the mall browsing and saying, Oh, I, I like that bracelet. Um, that's something I can get that normally wouldn't do that. Yeah. Very insightful. Very insightful. The the thing, the thing around pop-ups is, is, is actually, yes, pushing it out there into, so, so that there's a lot more touch and feel mm-hmm. as, as far as the consumer is concerned. Believe it or not, 78% of people still want to touch, feel and engage with the product before they buy it. So if you do feel intimidated mm-hmm. of, of walking into a Tiffany store and, and, and you've got a pop-up experience going on on the mall, then yeah, that's absolutely the right thing to do because you are going to attract consumers that maybe you wouldn't normally have walking through your door. The, the, the other factor to bear in mind, of course, is that there's an immense amount of research by the retailer goes into the right environment for them as well. So, of course, from from their perspective, you know, they have a, a, a particular target market. Right. And so they, they know that if they open a store there, that they're, they're probably going to do well. But if, you know, if they're looking at, at how do we expand our, our customer base, then it's a great way to experiment, as I said, in in new environments. Yes. And so to to connect with a consumer that you might not otherwise have connected with. So, yeah. Yeah, because that's the first thing I thought about because, you know, I like Tiffany, but that's not a place that I would normally go into. Um, Absolutely. But, yeah, yeah, if I were walking the mall and I saw that, I wouldn't, you know, because – you, you know, you feel that, okay, if I walk into a Tiffany, I got to have like $10 million to spend here. Whereas if, you, if you're walking the mall, you might, oh, okay, I, I like that necklace. I, I can get that necklace. So I'm thinking that's very brilliant. Um, if that if that's yeah. their underlying reason, that's, that's a good way to touch the and reach the unreachable absolutely. consumer. The, the other, yeah, and you're absolutely right. The thing to remember also is that that pop-ups don't just actually work in 
in a retail environment as well. Okay. So they do work at festivals. They do work at film, fe- you know, film film festivals, for instance, or um, or, or they'll work at you know big events. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, and and sometimes you'll find that's where the big brands also like to go. A because maybe they're sponsoring the event anyway, or they have some tie tie with it. But also. Um, again, you know, you know, if it's a film festival, for instance, mm-hmm. you know that that for you know a week while that film festival is on, there are all sorts of people milling around. So it, again, it's touching consumers that they may not may not have got to previously. Okay, and you know, with your passion for retail that you have, and I I see it as you're talking. Um, what do you think the evolution of the mall is going to be now? You know after pandemic, right? Because sure. the pandemic has made everyone go to e-commerce. And well, so yeah, what's your take? Yeah. So um, depending on, on, on which number you listen to, mm-hmm. right, there's somewhere between 23 and 28% of people shopping online right now. Okay. Right. So that still means that there's, you know, around 75% of people are still wanting to, to, to retail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what the pandemic's done is just accelerate the demise of those people that didn't really focus on their business. So if you just accept that and, and set that to one side, the same thing's happening with malls. It's, it's just accelerating the demise of some malls that um, uh, just just don't work anymore for, for, for a, whole, a whole number of reasons. The future of retail is, is, is still around the connection um, and and the sharing of, of of products, ideas, and services. Okay, um, and what retail has to do is, uh, and and we actually just launched a program around this, a new program, um, which we're calling the Hollywood Effect. Okay, okay? so th- so it's got to become more entertaining. It's got to become a blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Okay, and by that I mean you know that that just like. Um, just like a movie, you know, when you come out of a, of a blockbuster movie, you, you want to talk about the action scene or you want to talk about the love scene or you want to talk about the ending and you want to tell all your friends and you want all your friends to go and see it. Right. And that's the retail experience that the retail owners and mall owners should be aiming for. OK, um, 64% of people will still go back and sort and find the same salesperson that they bought from if they got amazing customer service. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so that you have to think about. Right. Um, there, the, there, is a, there is a way that online and inline or offline, mm-hmm. depending on, on how you want to position it, can coexist. And so you, you, the typical example of that is just looking at somebody like Amazon, mm-hmm. right, that is opening brick and mortar stores, okay? Um, so technology is advancing that you know amazon has this you know pick up and just walk out um uh, format that they're working but they're also opening you know bigger stores where they've got selected items that that you can retail because we socially we want to interact with people now you know the pandemic's obviously turned everybody onto zoom and that's fabulous because you know people like us can connect Mm -hmm. like this and we we may not ever have met or or or, or discuss things and so on but that only meets a a certain percentage of our social need right right? so we do have to be you know we do want to be out um 
it, it, it's interesting that um, a, a, just before, I think it was 19, uh, sorry, 2019, um, a, a, a university here ran a course um, a, about social interaction, mm-hmm. okay? And it was positioned that we don't speak to people anymore because you can order your coffee on a Starbucks app and you can just walk in and pick it up. You, you can you can order a, a ride now and and sit in the back of your Lyft or your Uber and never talk to anybody. Um, you can order your groceries online and just have them delivered to your door and never talk to anybody. Yeah. And this course was oversubscribed so much that they had to rent a local theater where they could get as many people in as they possibly could. Wow. Right. Because th- th- there was, you know, people were craving for social interaction. And I, th- I think that's, you know, that's something that, um, that's something that we've really got to remember, right? There's, there's a lot of press around that says retail is dead. You know, the death of retail, right? Retail isn't dead. Retail is thriving. Yes. It's a bit of a dinosaur at, at moving forward with the times embracing technology, but retail is still the number the number one biggest retailer. Uh, sorry, the biggest employer mm-hmm. in the United States, mm-hmm. right? right? And 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 so, you, you know, um, people often say that they find their way they 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 accidentally find their way into a retail career. I'm I'm a typical example of that. I absolutely did, but um, it it's not dead. It's thriving. It's evolving. Yes, we're shopping differently. Yes, we're doing click and collect. Um, yes, we're buying online and returning in store, um, but we're, we're just adapting and, and retailers have got to adapt with that. The big guys, you know, the targets, the Walmarts, yes, it's easy for them to do. Right. Um, uh, it, it's, it's the middle ground that, that is, where the, is where the battle is being fought, you know, because of, you know, the, maybe the investment that they need or, um, you know, people that are a bit died in the wool, as we as we say. You know, does, this is the way we've always done it. Right. And and unfortunately, retail is no longer about you know opening the doors and turning on the lights, mm-hmm. and it's going to happen. You know, you've got to you've got to have an omni-channel marketing strategy. You 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 know you need to be you you need to be doing things on on Instagram and Facebook, and you need to be. Um, have, still have creative windows and you still need to 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 really um, motivate and inspire your team mm-hmm. because at the end of the day that's that's the that's the that's the bit that really counts right, right at the end there that interaction with that sales associate or, or whoever mm-hmm. uh, and um you know i i think that uh that that's where that's where that as i say that middle ground should really focus Offering amazing customer service, not good, not great, mm-hmm. not average, amazing, so that it doesn't matter if you're a dollar more expensive. Right. Um, you want to go back there because they remember your name, or you know, they they remember what you purchased, you know, last. One of the nice things about going to somewhere regularly, and I don't know if you enjoy this, but when you go to somewhere like Starbucks, mm-hmm. uh, and and they know what I drink. And and you could be standing in queue, and somebody will wave at you, mm-hmm. uh, and and you know that you know this is because I don't like using the app because I want to talk to people. Right. That it's there when you when, when you you're ready to purchase, mm-hmm. and so you know all of those things make a difference, and, and that's what that's what retail has got to embrace. You know, and I'm glad you brought that up, um, and and I want to delve into that a little more the customer service side because that's mm-hmm. something that 
frankly, it ticks me off. Um, I'm an online shopper for the most part, unless there's something specific that I really need. And I need to go to Mm -hmm. a mall, you know, aside from the targets and the Walmarts. Right. But with the customer service, I mean, let's just face it, you know, you go to places and there's some bad customer service. I mean, I have left Mm -hmm. places because I got bad customer service. What can be done about that? I mean, um, because you're in retail, you, you see it from a perspective that I don't see it, that the normal person doesn't see it. And how are you going about telling these brands what they need to do to get better? Sure. Fundamentally, it comes down to training. Right. Okay. It comes down to training and in, and inspiring. It, it, it's interesting that um, for me, when, when I when I accidentally found my way into retail, mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough to to be around people that a loved what they did, but also really wanted to share their knowledge mm-hmm. as well. And so um, that made my journey and, and 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 my baptism into retail. Mm-hmm so so much more easier so the 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 fundamental is of course you know the recruitment of the right people of course um and 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 then having a proper training structure and instill instilling the values of um excellent customer service into people it it's not by design but but more just because of who we are that we observe those things often and as, as, as people say, you know, bad news travels 10 times yeah. faster than good news does. So that place that, you know, the place that you've walked out, I'm pretty sure you'll have said to your friends, I wouldn't go back right. in there. You know, the service is terrible mm-hmm. uh, 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 and so on. So the same happens with restaurants, same yeah. happens with bars, coffee shops, whatever. Right. So, but, but the flip side of that is very rarely do we say, Oh, you should you should go into this place because the service right. is great, and they have it. We we just because we we feel you know we just accept it as part of what we're doing. So the key the key fundamental for me is 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 training and and having the right people to train people that can inspire, can motivate. Now, as as a small business, you will never instill those values of your business and that passion that you have for your business mm-hmm. into somebody that works for you. It's just, it's just not going to happen, but you can take them on the journey. You can inspire them. You can incentivize them. Um, and, and, you know, there'll be people listening to this saying, well, you know, if they, maybe if they paid a bit more, they could attract the right type of people and, and so on. And, and you're absolutely right. You know, minimum wage. And, right. and that's a whole, that's a whole different right. conversation, of course. Um, but for me, you know, th- there are other ways to incentivize people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, you can you can run sales competitions. You can you can have employee of the week. You can you know even even just you know free coffees for everybody. Um, and and there are small things that you can do in that as well. And that's this isn't just in retail. Right. This is in any business in any walk of life. That that just by saying thank you to somebody. Yeah. yeah makes such a difference oh yeah um I, I i'm a big believer that there's there's room for kindness in business no matter what it doesn't matter if you're boeing or or a corner shop that sells um cupcakes mm-hmm. right you know there's room for kindness in business at any level and and I, I say that because kindness is the only currency 
that is welcomed in any environment, in any place, anywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter when you travel because it doesn't lose value either, right, mm -hmm. as a currency. And every day we, make, we wake up with a, with a bank account that is overflowing. We are currency billionaires every day of our lives, and we should spend it as fast and as frivolously as we can mm -hmm. with everybody that we possibly can, knowing that when we wake up in the morning, we're kindness billionaires again. Yeah, yeah. Right? And, 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 and so, you, you know, that whole, just, just coming back to what he was asking about why is there poor service? There's poor service because people aren't motivated, aren't trained properly. And, and actually, you know, the people leading them probably don't know, like what right. they're doing and, and so on. And, right. and, but that's life. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I hope that there are more examples of amazing and excellent customer service that people will think about now as they think about that. Than there are of poor customers because that 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 ten x factor, you know that you're you're always going to remember the bad experience. Right. Yeah. It's you know, and that's really is true. And it's funny because going through college, I worked retail, so I, I really yeah. and for years I worked this man's clothing store in Chicago when I would go back to Chicago, and that was like my favorite. I loved it. I love dressing the men, you know, and having them feel great going out with a suit and a shirt and a tie. I even had repeat customers sure. that would come in and like bring, oh, this is my wife. And she loved the outfit you picked out for me. So we're back again. Absolutely. You know, so I love yeah. that. So I'm very keen on when there's bad service, but then I'm also very keen on when I get exceptional service. Because great. when I go somewhere, let's just say to a restaurant, for instance, and I get good service from the wait staff, I tip appropriately. Um, if I, yeah. if I go yeah. to, um, like you said, a Starbucks or a clothing store and, you know, I'm remembered and Hey, yeah, we, you know, we got this on file. We remember what you got. I'm like, Oh, wow. Sweet. You know, that makes my day yeah. because you're like, yeah, you know, I, I come here and I spend my money and you guys remember me. So it's, it does, it says a lot. Um, but then again, like you said, it's dependent on who's leading, who's leading that yeah. team and how are they and, you know, and my thing is when I get really crappy service, I'm like, well, you know what? You're in the service industry. And if you don't want to be in the service industry or you got a bad attitude, you shouldn't be in the service industry because, Correct. you know, yeah. you're dealing with the public and it's just how it is. You're in service and, you know, you should at least have, like you said, kindness, at least have the kindness to, Correct. you know, make people happy that are patronizing your store. Um, so, Correct. Yeah, yeah so, I agree. Yeah. So that's the thing. So um, I want to move on. So you've done other things in your life. You're an author, you're a speaker. Um, and you said you uh, are on the TD Ameritrade um, channel. So tell us a little bit more about that. Um, yeah. So uh, I've written uh, five books um, now. Um, a couple of them have been collaborations. And and um, if if you're thinking... I don't think I could ever write a book, but you could write a chapter of a book. Mm -hmm. Collaborating on a book is a great way to be inspired about writing a book. Um, and so um, I, I, my, my, my first book was a collaboration with 33 other people. It was called the, the Secrets of the Business Wealth Accelerators. 33 millionaires and marketers share their secrets. And for a while, it was a, it was a number one bestseller on Amazon books. 
Um, the and, and and we all wrote a chapter about our passion and our businesses and and and, and so on, which was fabulous. There was all sorts of things in there, and and then I've just written I've written books around obviously pop up retailing and and customer service and so on. But in May last year, um, uh, I did another collaboration um, uh, about the new normal and just about people that I had connected with on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, through through the start of the pandemic. And, and it was kind of like, you know, LinkedIn went from being, how can I put this? LinkedIn went from being the, the grown-up in the social media, um, you know, that, that stood in the corner and watched everybody else to actually thinking, they're all having fun over there. I'm getting involved, right? So so LinkedIn's, LinkedIn's culture and, and I think thinking has, has, has changed. And so with, with these people that I was linking with on, on, on LinkedIn, I, I said, listen, how would you all like to write a book? You know, right? I need a chapter about how you see life in a pandemic and what the new normal might might look like. And it's called the the new normal. Mm-hmm. And um, and so there's that. I've just rewritten um, uh, uh, one of my books called Pop Up for Beginners, the 2021 edition, mm-hmm. as well. So that's going to be coming out in a couple of weeks' time. Um, but I, I encourage it's not as difficult as you think to write a book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and speaking as somebody who left school at sixteen, didn't go to university, and you know, uh, found it um, scarier than it actually was, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and, and I and I worked with worked with a really really good editor and and publisher, and we 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 set down a, a writing plan and and so on, and and then just just got into it. And you only need to write, you know, five hundred words, a thousand words a day. Mm-hmm. Right, and before you know where you are, you know you've got you've got fifty thousand words. Right, right, right. Um, and so, uh, never be scared of trying something new. I, is is my learning from that? Mm-hmm. I really, really did. Same as same as speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was always I was always one that would put his hand up first to be in the school play, mm-hmm. and so my love of being on stage started at a very very early age. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as I traveled through my business journey, um, you know, I, I always wanted to be the one to do the presentations or to, you know, to do the demonstrations. And, and I've been fortunate enough that that's transmitted into me being able to speak on stage and speak to large audiences around the world um, and, uh, and really just try and deliver some of my passion and inspiration around what I do. Um, and it's not... Um, it's not for everybody. I know. I know people that that get completely sweaty palms <laughs> at just the thought, and they're probably listening to this now. You know, kind of wringing their hands. Oh, I could never do that. Uh, but but you know, there are there are things that that really scare me. Um, and, and then I've again, I've been fortunate enough to be able to do television uh, in my life as well. And and most recently um, for the TD Ameritrade network um which is is like a bit like bloomberg tv if you've never seen it yeah. it's a business channel mm-hmm. uh, and and i go on there a couple of times a month and talk about retailing but and it but it's exciting you know mm-hmm. i'm if you haven't guessed already i'm passionate about what i do mm-hmm. i really i really love talking about retail and inspiring people about retail mm-hmm. and so um that that for me is 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 really uh, is really exciting just in the same way as doing podcasts like this, you know, and, and being able to connect with people, uh, it, it, it really just in a in, in an audible way. People I am never going to meet, 
um, but might just think, oh, I like the idea of that and, and might go off and do something about it. Or, of course, might want to email you and go, really enjoyed that guy. Thanks very much for putting him on. Or might want to email me and tell me you know, how much they enjoyed me either as well. But so, um, and again, I come back to what I was saying earlier about if it's not if it's not bringing you joy, don't do it. Right. And I've done a lot of things that haven't brought me joy. Mm-hmm. And, and but um, you know, I think the world, the world from from when I was a, a, a small child has has changed, you know, dramatically. And and I and I like to think I'm keeping pace with that, uh, and and embracing it. And I think a lot of people maybe are scared to do that as well. Yeah, yeah. I I love what you're saying. And it's funny because as you're speaking, I'm like, oh, we're like kindred spirits because I was the person when I was little, I did all the church plays and that's why I speak now. People, and I have a friend exactly like you were saying, she was like, the thought of speaking, you know, just terrifies her. She breaks out in Mm. sweat and she's like, oh my goodness, I can't do it. And I'm, she's like, it doesn't bother. And I'm like, I love it. I'm like, it's, it fuels me. Um, so it's uh, something I love to do. Um, I wrote a book that was published 2020 and then I just co-authored, like you were saying, collaborated with someone with like 20, 29, 30 other authors, um, in an anthology that came out just last week. I saw. And yeah. yeah, And I'm like, and it's, and you're so right. You know, it's, it's so different when you're with people that, you would never been able to talk to, and it's, you know, and, and I'm going to just tell this quick story. The lady who spearheaded the anthology was someone I had on my podcast like, right. a couple of years ago. And she reached out to me and said, hey, do you want to be part of this anthology? Yeah. And I was like, OK, so it's it's really great. So now I can say I'm a two time author. You know, one was solo, one was, you know, collaborating yeah. and the collaboration yeah. is really good. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and interesting you use that word collaboration because, you know, that's that's the buzzword. Apart from pop-ups, that's the other buzzword in retail right now is, mm. is collaboration. Okay. You know, brands working working with brands, you know, Target working with Ulta, Target working with Apple, um, Coles working with Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you're going to see a lot more of that okay. in, in the retail space for sure. Now, and, and that just sparked a question from um, for you. So with that, because like you're saying, yeah, I see I can go to Target and I'll see some big brand in their store Mm -hmm. that normally would stand alone. With just with how the world has happened this past year, and especially in America, I'm starting to see the big brands now that are doing the Black Lives Matter. Um, Yeah. The commercials have changed, right? They're more um, interracial, whether it's black and white. Um, male and male, female and female. What mm-hmm. What do you think about that? How long is that going to last? Is this something that retail and big brands are just doing because of the spotlight, or is this something that they're really feeling that okay, this is what we need to do to that, continue a, on? Yeah, sure. So that's a that's a really really good question. First off, I think it's it was too long in coming. Mm-hmm. Right. We should, you know, well, let's take a step back. TV advertising now is a really small part of people's marketing budget anyway. Right. right? We, we have technology, we have social media and all of those different mediums now. And, and, and TV, TV marketing mm-hmm. hasn't kept pace, mm-hmm. I don't think, with, with what's going on socially in the world. So 
um, uh, you know, having having different styles of of uh, television advertising, it, it it should have happened ten years ago. It should have happened twenty years ago. In fact, it should have happened the day, the first day that television started. Mm-hmm. Right. I I hope and I pray that that social responsibility amongst brands mm-hmm. right just stays as as exactly that their social responsibility to be involved mm-hmm. right because we we all we all have a responsibility as individuals to be involved however much or 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 not we want to be mm-hmm. but we have that responsibility right and I, th- I think it's it's great when you see brands stepping up around, um, you know, the 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 voting laws and and all of that sort of stuff. It, it's it's so encouraging that that brands want to get involved involved in Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. but but we it should have been going on long. But it shouldn't take a disaster, right, for for things like that to happen. Right. And and I feel really strongly about that. I, I do hope it stays. I do hope, uh, and I think it will. And okay. I pray it. I pray it will. Um, but um, you know, social inclusion is 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 part of who we are, right? Under under the skin, we all have a heart. We all have a, a, you know lungs. We're the same inside. Just just because we look differently, you know, I, I it doesn't it doesn't doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. You know, I grew up in North London, very, very socially diverse mm-hmm. part of part of London, um, and and we kids just get along, right. don't they? Yeah. Right. Yeah. What happens when we become adults? I have no idea. Exactly. Um, and, and I and I know there's a lot. You know, there's a lot of tension, not not just here in the states, but in in the world. I, mm-hmm. you know, you'd have to be foolish. Not, not to understand that, but I think when when people uh, of influence mm-hmm. come forward and make a stand and are happy to speak out, then I think that encourages people of of less influence, you know, just to stand up in a shop or just to stand up in a, in a bar or or whatever, and you know, speak out against things that are wrong or 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 things that you know, or just help somebody. Right. You know, um, I, 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 it's a really lovely question. I, I, I've never been asked that. And I'm, I'm, thank you for having the opportunity to talk about it. Yeah, thank you for answering that, because that's something that I have been wondering. You know, I'm like, is this real? Is this going to stay? Because like, I feel exactly like you do. This is far too long coming. You know, it, sh- mm-hmm. it shouldn't have taken that for us to see what we see now in, in marketing and advertising, because that's the way of the world. Um, yeah. and it's just, you know, so yeah, so that's just been something I've really been wondering. So I'm, I'm glad that I had someone who actually works in the field that I could ask that to. Um, so thank you for answering that. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah. So I don't want to bring the conversation down because <laughs> <laughs> we've been having such a good time, but I'm going to go into the questions. So are you ready for okay. my questions? I am, I am standing by. Okay. So number one, who? Yeah. Or what motivates you? There are a ton of people that motivate me. The biggest motivating factor for me is the voice of my mother in the back of my head. Right. And can I tell you a quick story around sure. this? Uh, you remember I said I bought I, I bought that first company yeah. that I was working for. I sold everything. I was I was at a lawyer's office 
um, you know, go, do, doing contracts and all that sort of thing. You know, very, very young man doing that. I hadn't told my parents just, just so this will make sense now. And I'm supposed to be at a family dinner and I'm going to be late. And I rang my mother. We didn't have mobile phones back in that day, those days. <laughs> and I rang my mum and I said, look, mama, I'm not going to be there. I'm going to be late back. I was actually in Scotland, which was the other end of the country. Mm. Right. Um, I, I've got, uh, I'm going to have to get on a plane and come back. Blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and she, why, what are you doing? And I said that, you know, I'm buying and the business was called retail location. I'm buying retail location off of Roy. And and her words to me were, who are you to be buying a company? Ooh. And that has motivated me since that day. Mm. And um, yes, there, there are there are lots of great people. There are there are people that nobody has ever heard of that motivate me. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are the obvious people, you know, the Gary V's right. who, I, who I love. Um, uh, but, you know, there, there are people, there's a guy I work with. Uh, in the UK, called Roy Wade, who's who's, I just we we, we just enjoy working together. A guy I'm working with in Germany called Jens Heitland, mm-hmm. um, uh, who is inspirational. Um, but 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 the big the big one is is Mum's voice mm. in the back of my head. Mm. I know that feeling. What demotivates you? Um. For me, it's it's when I know ghosting has become a term, hasn't it? Yeah. Now, right? That for me, it, it it's when people are very very enthusiastic mm-hmm. about wanting to do something, mm-hmm. and and then you know you put in a lot of work with them, uh, and and then when they when they you know they they're meant to you know sign on the dotted line or. Or give you the thumbs up, or however you want to call it, they go missing. Yeah, they go missing. And what demotivates me is not the fact they've gone missing; it's the fact that they just couldn't turn around and go, Stephen. Right now, it's not for me. Or Stephen, I can't afford it because you know. Then I'll I'll try and find a way. Maybe we can work together. Mm-hmm. Or something's changed in the business, and I've changed my mind. Right. Now I, I'm I'm a I'm a bit of a tenacious character, and and so I'll I'll keep you know I will and any good salesperson uh-huh. um, will will do this. We'll just keep you know picking up the phone once in a while and going you know, but I, I just um, it, it 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 upsets me that people and and I feel, I do feel a bit sorry for them that they just don't have the courage right. to turn around and say it's not for me because it, it it's no big deal right. But if I, I only work with a, a small group of people at any one time, mm-hmm. and so if I'm if I'm reserving a space for you, that means somebody else. Right. You know, I can't work with somebody else who maybe you know needs might need me not as much as you appear to need me, but I can still do still offer great value and do great work with them. Mm-hmm. And, and and so it, it, it's that. And 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 I think. The the other thing from a social perspective is that we um, we don't have enough good news. Yeah, you know we don't, and there there is plenty of good news on the planet. Yes, um, and I and I, I've, I've, I've you know I kind of watch CNN maybe for five ten minutes in the mornings, mm-hmm. um, whereas a couple of years ago to you know maybe when I first moved here. 
I would have it on all day long while I was working. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I've turned it off. Yeah. A because it's repetitive. Yes. And, and and B because it's it 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 does you know kind of let the air out of your balloon over the course of the day. Yeah. So. Yeah, I do the same thing. Okay. When was a time that something was said or done to hurt you, but it worked for your good? That's a really good, tough question. Um, can I do a sad and a tough time? Yeah. Can I split it up? Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 saddest time for me was the day my my father passed away, um, because he was a huge influence in my life, mm-hmm. um, and no matter where I was. We spoke every day, okay. um, and, and and when my mum passed away, and I and I, I I got him a mobile phone. You know, he would text me every morning when he woke up, and then we would talk during the course of the day, and then he would say good night before he went to bed and stuff. And and I miss I I miss that morning text. I'm getting quite emotional thinking about it. I miss that morning text off of him. That that makes me really sad. Um, tough learning lessons. Um, it, it interestingly enough, uh, on the 13th of May. I'm I'm actually doing a um, a video um, cast uh, about how entrepreneurs f up. It's called the Entrepreneur F Up Night, <laughs> um, and uh, and so there'll be there'll there'll be plenty of those where I've I've made the mistakes. Mm-hmm. The tough decisions for me, I think, of were not learning very on in business, being a business owner the need to build a trusting team around me quickly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and allowing myself to be um, mani- I don't want to say manipulated and I don't want to say conned okay because I have to take responsibility mm-hmm. for it but I just allowed myself to to rely on people that maybe had a different agenda from what I did yeah yeah. yeah. And so that was a, that was a very tough lesson for me. Okay. Um, and and uh, but one I learned, I, I mean, I, I, like I say, you know, uh, I, I learned it pretty quickly, but but it, that was and, and when I say it's not just the team that you interact with every day mm-hmm. as well. You know, my, my extended team is accountants and bankers right. and lawyers right. as well, you know. And, and, you know, if you find yourself a good accountant and a good lawyer, mm-hmm. th- hold on to them, you right. know, because, and because they, they need to understand your business, right? not just from a legal perspective, they need to understand how your business operates to give you great advice. Yeah. So great. What is your fear? Um, my, my, my obvious fear is not being here in the mornings. I mean, that it, <laughs> it is, it is, you know, not, not, not be, not actually physically being here. Um, my, 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 it's not a fear as such, but, but I will, I, I will fall out of love with what I do. Mm. Mm. Um, because of something that maybe I can't control. I mean, a pandemic would, would is a classic example, mm-hmm. you know, uh, for spending spending um, 
spending months, uh, you know, wondering if retail was coming back or, or whatever, really, really, really did, you know, was really quite terrifying. Um, so uh, that that would that would be my other fear. Mm, that's good. I mean, that's a that, that's and listen, that's a very personal thing. I mean, there are there are things that frighten me in terms of right. economy and, and and debt and all of that sort of stuff. But when when I'm answering these questions, I'm answering them from a very... No, that's what I want. I want personal. Yeah, yeah, okay. A very kind of um, personal um, position. No, that's exactly what I want. I don't want the textbook answer. I want you. Um, And actually, and that was a very good answer because I had never gotten that kind of answer before. So that actually, that's that's very very thought-provoking. is there a time, so this is different from the other one. So is sure. there a time when you wish you had done something that you didn't? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, in business all the time, there are things, you know, that you, we, maybe it was an investment. Maybe it was a, I shouldn't have opened, you know, opened that office or I shouldn't have employed that person. Yeah. Um, there, um, there were, uh, so at one point in the United Kingdom, I had five different businesses in my portfolio from pop-up retailing, we were designing, we had a PR business, um, we, we had a manufacturing business of, of, of kiosks and, and so on. And I was also an Apple premium reseller. Okay. So I had a couple of stores that sold Apple products. Um, and, and I wish I'd have had more of those um, earlier on. Um, you know, it, it was right at the start of, of, of kind of, you know, the Apple retail era. Mm-hmm. Um, and Apple weren't really sure which way they were going in terms of, were they going to open their own stores or were they going to allow, you know, kind of, we, it wasn't a franchise as such, but we had all the branding and we looked like, you know, very mini, mini Apple stores. I wish I'd have got into that sooner mm. and, uh, and, and, and built a stronger portfolio because I'm a retailer at heart. Right. I'm a retailer at heart. So yeah. So that, that would be it for me. Your definition of success. Happiness and joy. That it doesn't matter. I, I know I know people that that have lots of money in the bank and are, are as sad and as unhappy, but appear successful. Mm-hmm. Um, for for me, success is measured by the people around you that in, you can inspire and inspire you. Mm. Um, success is a is is about closing your eyes at the end of the day, knowing that you did the best you possibly could. If, if I can just reference back, you know, I was saying I was bullied at school. Mm-hmm. So, so one thing I, I realized growing up uh, uh, through, through adolescence and, 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 and so on was that if I had, if I was going to achieve anything in my life, the thing I had to have was in a belief mm. in me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for me, it's very important every day that, that, you know, every morning I, I, I wake up and, I, and, and, and you know, I'm, I'm grateful for the things around me. But every night I'm grateful for the things that I've been able to accomplish mm. and, and the things that I've been able to learn and the things that I've been able to to um, to pass on. So it, it's not about it's not about what you've got in the bank. It's about what you've got, what you've got in your head. Wow. That That's how I measure success. Wow. How do you recharge? Um, I'm, so I'm, I, I'm one of these people that doesn't need a lot of sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I can, I can get by on kind of five, you know, 
I don't know, five five hours, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and I know people that say, well, you know, I can get a, 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 on a lot less than that. I, I love cooking. Yeah. Cooking, cooking, actually cooking even during the pandemic became a bit of a passion for me, experimenting and so on. Um, I like to iron, you know, iron clothes. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I, I find it I find it relaxing. Really? I find it relaxing. Stood at an ironing board, you know, there's nothing nicer than ironing a, a shirt to look crisp and right. and, and and I mean there's an immense amount of satisfaction <laughs> in that. For, for me, I've, other people go, eat irons? Don't I don't think anybody don't even know if they sell irons anymore. <laughs> but but for me it's a re, it's a relaxation and, and 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 it allows me to think. And I guess that that you know that allows me to recharge. Um, I, I, I do like to play golf. Okay. Uh, probably, uh, I, I, I do like, I do love my golf. I love, I love watching golf. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think they're the key things for me. I, I also do like a, a, at some point during the day to be outside mm-hmm. and, you know, wh- whether that's working, you know, working on my phone or tablet or whatever, right. but just to be outside, uh, I'm, I'm lucky you can see behind me. I, mm-hmm. I, there's a, there's a beautiful park. Yeah, uh, right across the road from where I am to go and sit in the park and just be, you know, j- just be in some kind of nature, feel feel the feel the air, you know, feel the sunshine or feel the cold mm-hmm. doesn't really matter, um, and, and that really helps me as well. That, that I I I get really creative mm-hmm. w- when I do that as well. Love it, which I love. Okay, so besides retail, what are you awesome yeah. at? I'm a bit of a karaoke star. Really? Yeah, I love singing. Really? So I sung in the church. I sung in the church choir um, from about uh, from the age of about seven, seven till I was fifteen. Oh. Um, I I am generally the first one to put my name down for a karaoke song. Um, cooking, I love. I love to cook. I've, I I. But maybe in a different life, I, I would have been a chef. Perhaps. Oh, I, I, I maybe. Um, so uh, I'm I'm pretty good at golf. I'm not I'm not single handicap mm-hmm. figures, but I love I love playing. So I, I enjoy that. Um, but I, I also I also like I also like putting smiles on people's faces. Oh, and 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 if I, I was asked recently, you know, what do you think your superpower is? Mm-hmm. And and I was like, I don't know. I don't really think I have one. But I, I but if if I, if I were to have one, I would I would think it would be that I could I could relax somebody enough that they could breathe and smile. Oh, that's so, great. Oh, see now I know that you cook. The next time I'm in Chicago, I'm gonna call you. Did you please call me up at table for two? Yeah, I'm gonna say, go. hey, what? I love it. Love the cooking. Did you say you like wine? Did you say that? <laughs> Yes. Oh, yeah. The occasional glass of wine. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, Absolutely. I'm a whiny. I love it. Whiny, wino, Good. whatever you want to say. But okay. <laughs> what legacy do you want to leave? Um. Well, in, in this day and age, we're working. Obviously, there's a lot of digital content out there. Um, we're building an online course at the moment uh, for pop-up retailing. Uh, so that would be a nice thing to leave. The books. Mm-hmm. Um. I think. Listen, uh, no one's going to name the wing of a hospital after me, or, or or put up a big brass statue in Lincoln Park. You know, Stephen Brooks lived here. 
Um, if if anything, I would just like for people to think kindly of me. That's the legacy I would like to leave behind. Wow, that's nice. You, you, the kindness theme you have, I, I like, it. and I, I like your energy. You know, you're very positive, motivating, and that's why I do this show because there's too Bless much, you. you know, too much chatter. Absolutely, no, there, there is, and, and and you do have to tune it out. You know, yes, yeah, you do have to tune it out. Yeah, it's too much. Give the listeners one motivational takeaway. Do it now. That literally do it now. Whatever it is, whatever it is, do it now. Stop thinking about it and start doing it because what you don't want to do tomorrow is wake up and think, what if? Mm. And, and you know, we're a long time on this earth, mm-hmm. right? If we take care of ourselves and we eat well and we exercise and, you know, we, we, we take care of our brains and we take care of each other, we're a long time on this earth. Do not be laying on your deathbed with regrets do not and so you know the 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 two things that self-belief my my two mantras are do it now whatever it takes Um, whatever it takes is obviously within you know boundaries of course yeah but um they're the two things so uh, um you know if 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 you want to write a book start typing Mm. if you want to record a song start start playing the music Mm -hmm. if you want to do a dance on tiktok turn your phone on Mm -hmm. um you know if you want to put if you want to be on a podcast with great hosts put yourself out there Mm -hmm. about i'd like to be a guest on you because i love what you're doing Mm -hmm. right don't don't be afraid to do it now that that's that's the thought i would like to leave with people wow great so steve tell the listeners how they can connect with you if they want to do business with you they can find your book your courses everything sure easiest way to connect with me is drop me an email and that's steve at the pop-up expert.com um, you can find me on instagram at the retail specialist um, and and you can find me on linkedin in fact if you google the pop-up retail expert or the pop-up expert i'm the number one hit on google um, for that it will take you to my website the pop-up expert um, I mean, listen, it just it just reach out. I mean, it, it, I, I love hearing from people um, regardless and not just about business. You know, um, it, it's nice that I've, I've formed some very great friendships through business. Mm-hmm. That means that you can help people in other ways as well. Um, I, I, I'm also uh, I also work with a non for profit here in in Chicago as well called Generations Empowered, um, which is uh, which is um, uh, a mental health charity. Um, which I'm, I'm immensely proud of the work that they do. And, and so, um, you know, we, we all need to give back in some way, shape or form, e- e- even if it's even if it's just a random act of kindness. It's so true. Well, you know what, Steve? I thank you for being on Trina Talk. I'm going to connect with you on LinkedIn after this. So be watching out for my request. But thank you. It has been a pleasure speaking with you. And, you know, I love retail. So. Yeah, we'll stay in touch. Good for you. And treat again, thank you for that. Keep doing what you're doing. I listened to some of these before we we did this today. I love what you're doing. I love the people you have on. Um, I hope I've lived up to, to some of the great people I've listened to in the last the last few days prior to coming here. And and thanks for having me on the, on your podcast. If you like Trina Talk podcast, please don't forget to go out to iTunes and rate it 
five stars and leave a review. Also, who else in your life do you know that needs some motivation and inspiration in their life? Don't forget to share Trina Talk with them. I hope you have a great week. And remember, if you change your mindset, you can change your life. Keep striving because success is a journey, not a destination.